0: Hey, Cam, um, I'm curious, you know, we're hearing from Jacoby and, and you're sort of uh, prescient in terms of you, you predicting that, that he would be playing better. Did you envision a turnaround for yourself uh, over the course of the last few weeks? Because it does seem like the last three weeks, in terms of you guys have won two games, the numbers in a lot of categories are better, um, have improved. Have you felt like you've, you've grown a fair amount these last three weeks?
1: Just feel like I'm learning and uh, it's just turning over to, you know, good uh, production as an offense. And um, that's
0: all it is. Was that San Francisco game a motivator for you, Cam? You told the radio station the next day, WEI, that, you know, if you keep playing like this, the change is going to be permanent. Um, how much has that that pushed you to any gains that you've made?
1: I mean... Yeah. 49ers game, just that performance. I wouldn't necessarily it wasn't even just that game. It was the games leading up into it ever since, you know, coming back from Corona, to be honest with you. You know, I I felt stagnant in my in my in my thought process. And it wasn't just it wasn't. The play, the the plays pre snap production wasn't happening fast enough for me in games. I mean, did it happen in practice? Yeah, but you know, still not fast enough. And even still, now I can I can get better. So each day, each week is is an opportunity for me to, you know, really hone in in this offense and just do my job. And that's what it really comes boils down to.
0: Thanks, Kim.
2: Next question, Mike Giardi, followed by Andrew Callahan. Hey, Cam, on that point about you saying things just weren't clear, I know you I kind of addressed it. I can't. You're low. You're low. Oh, sorry. I'll, call, I'll hold it closer. You got me be- better now? No? Hello?
1: Yeah, I can hear you.
2: Yeah, I'm just going to say, do you still rule out the idea of the COVID fog? You were just mentioning sort of that, that sort of haze that you might have been in when you came back from COVID. And I'm just curious, the more you think about it, is it, is there anything to that?
1: No, it's nothing to it. It's just the fact that I wasn't able to do anything, you know, for that that stint while I was off, and it showed. You know, coming back pretty much dry, and knowing that as this offense goes, it evolves, and you know, just the the, the mastermind behind everything with Josh. You know, his his mind doesn't necessarily stop, whether it's a new play, whether it's something that you know we we're watching back in two thousand two. 2000, you know, 11, 12, you know, he has a plethora of plays for certain defenses that he goes to, I mean, that we face that he goes to. And, you know, it all starts before the snap with, with the identifying certain things, identifying and communicating with the offensive line, with the receivers, with the running backs. And it's my job to do so. And, you know, coming back from, You know, when I did come back, I just felt behind. And, you know, the production here of late is nothing to blame more or less than me just taking, you know, ownership and responsibility that, you know, I just got to be better.
2: And the other thing I wanted to ask you is just when you're in the huddle, I know you're a quarterback, you like everybody wants to throw the ball, quarterbacks want to throw the ball. But but do you feel when the huddle, when when the offensive line is going like they've been going and you're shoving the ball down team's throats? Can you feel that momentum and that sort of dominance in the huddle as you call another running play and get up to the line? Oh, without a doubt.
1: I'm a quarterback that likes to win. So I don't care if, like you said, you know, running, throwing, whatever. I want to win. You know, I'm here to win. You know, anybody that's in that huddle, they want to win too. Everybody in that locker room, they want to win too. So, you know, we, we have to generate our own momentum you know, with not having fans or whatnot. And, you know, that's what, that's what I would call it.
2: Next question, Andrew Callahan, followed by Mike Reese.
0: Hey, Kim, when you, when you look at the offense's success the last two weeks, I'm curious how much you might feel, if at all, um, the sense of the team and the offense specifically finding an identity and knowing, okay, at this point, we know what we're good
1: at, we're, we're getting better at those things and that's driving our success. Well, we just want to hit our, hit our keys to victory. And that's what it really comes down to. And each week it changes. But for us, you know, for one week it may be, you know, beat man-to-man coverage. And, you know, another week it may be we want to be the most physical and dominant team going into the fourth. Another, another week it may be, you know, let's be great at situation of football. Got to have it situations. You know what I'm saying? So, of course, I won't tell you what this week is. But at the same time, we just have to make sure that we hit those marks and and, and do just as coach prophesies, so to speak. And you know, we have to we have to thrive in those situations. When you're first starting to hit some of those, maybe earlier in the season,
0: I know you talked about this after the game on Sunday. Did you have a moment or kind of realizing like, hey, his his hit rate on these is pretty consistent? Like whatever he's saying during the week is your. There- it slowly kind of keeps materializing on Sundays. To I never, I've, it's not my
1: job to ever question coaching. I don't care he says, you know, something pertaining to mother nature, something pertaining to what we need to do, something pertaining to whatever. If he says it, it's gold in my eyes and my ears. And, you know, just like me and other players on his team, it's our job to go out and execute whatever is called. And whatever is said, we just got to take heed to it.
2: Thanks. Next question, Mike Reese followed by Megan O'Brien.
1: Hey Cam, uh, in the
2: spirit of weekly routine, I just want you to pretend you just sat down
1: and I'm gonna ask you this question. How are you today? Undescribable. (laughs) And now my follow up question is um, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, that's my guy. How would you describe how?
2: Yeah, how would you describe your connection with him and what your your matchups have been with Deshaun over
1: the years? Uh, this is my first time really playing Deshaun, though. You know, last year when the Panthers played him, I was hurt. Um, but just for him, man, I, I I just love the the player, the person that he's grown to be. He's growing to be not, you know, his his, his stock is still ascending. And just just like Jacoby, you know, Deshaun was on a, was on the, the foundation team, and you know we knew then you know he was a star, you know the, the how easy the ball came off his hands, how you know the, the ball he had so much arm talent at such a young age, um, and I, I do believe he still holds all the the throwing records in George, the state of Georgia. If it wasn't for I believe it's Trevor Lawrence now. Um, but they went to the same high school so there you have it but at the end of the day is a person that i you know i just sit back man and and admire from afar knowing that you know i know where he came from you know i know you know his circle you know pretty close and you know he's just a person that's that's has a bright future in front of him and you know i look forward to to sunday's matchup
2: Uh, next question, uh, Megan O'Brien, followed by Matt Vittor.
1: You kind of hit on it right there. I was going to ask you about Deshaun and the seven-on-seven seven camp. And really, I think, you know, with your seven-on-seven seven camp, you should be a recruiter or something, because just about everybody was at that seven-on-seven seven camp. But um, I guess just to follow, did you have a nickname for Deshaun back then, too, since since that's been one of the things? No, nah, no. Nah, nickname's and in- I, you know the nicknames kind of started when you know I wouldn't necessarily remember people's names so I would just like where I'm from everybody got a nickname you know what I'm saying so that's how it is you know you got Little Head, you got Dino you got you know spanky you get i mean it's it, you never know where it come from you it's more rare to know a person's real name from where i'm from rather than to just what they go by so when somebody pronounces a person's whole name like Jaquez martin but who who is that you know what i'm saying oh that's day day oh day day yeah he down the hall you know what i'm saying so that's where it stemmed from and as i grew around you know as i'm you know, lived a lot of life when going different places, I would just hand out nicknames because that's what it necessarily was to me.
0: Your camp, I mentioned all the people who went through the seven on seven. I mean, you have two and three in your own locker room. And you're going up against one. How does that make you feel just that you've been a part of watching all these guys develop and evolve in their playing
1: careers? Man, listen, one thing about me, I don't take no credit for, you know, I let, I let let I let a lot of people kind of, you know, try to control, you know, my narrative, but yet deep down inside, you know, I know people who really know me knows where my passion is. You know, you can say whatever you want about me, but for you not to have known me, that's irrelevant. And my job as a humanitarian, my job as a human is to give back, you know, to the world as much as I can and use my platform in a positive way. So that's what we've done with my foundation in Atlanta and Charlotte, and do plan on doing it in Boston you know, when, when, when this COVID is lifted is, is to find, you know, the needs of the community and use the game of football to enhance it as much as possible if it's an opportunity to do so.
0: Uh, Matt Vittorio followed by Mark Daniels. Tim, when you have all of those guys that do look up to you and that do think of you as a mentor or as a role model, is there pressure? Do you put pressure on yourself to hold yourself to a certain standard in terms of the way you carry yourself, especially when things are tough on and off the field, knowing those, that those guys are watching, that, those, that, that people, and maybe even your own children, that, that, uh, that you're, you're kind of modeling something that beyond just yourself? Which means tough off the field. Well, I'm saying, like, if you have a if you have a bad game, the way that you carry yourself and the way you present yourself, or or if you're when you're going through an injury or something like that, when when you're when you're dealing with something that's not a happy moment and so forth, the, knowing that those guys are watching you and that they that they might have to deal with something similar themselves, do you 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 think about what, how you're presenting for 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 people that look up to you at this at the same time? Oh, without a doubt.
1: You know, I mean, I know there's a lot of people who live vicariously through me. And those some of those people I have met, those are some people that I know. Those are some people that I may not even meet. You know what I'm saying? And it's also, you know, I don't have to look far for for people who I know hold a lot of responsibility on what I do, how I act, my energy, you know, and that's in my kids and my children. So, you know, on a daily basis, you know, They don't necessarily know now i mean the older ones do but you know they still act cool about it but i have to always be conscientious about my thoughts and and what i say how i act because you know life goes on and as i mature as an adult as i mature as a father as i mature as a son as i mature as a brother as i mature as a teammate and the best player that i could possibly be you know you started you start understanding you know certain situations and and eliminating you know bad mistakes
0: was there a time that you realized that that you that it started to hit you how much other people were watching what you what you did in 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 a in a sort of role model way
1: oh yeah it didn't take me long to be in the nfl until i found that out you know i didn't understand why people would make so much of a of a deal that i didn't like to lose i still don't like to lose and if I was on a, on the sideline laughing, I think they would have made a big deal. I learned very quickly that no matter what and who you are or what you do, people are gonna say something about it and they don't even necessarily know. You know, so as a as far as my my um GAF meter, <laughs> it's 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 really low when it comes to people who really don't know me. So you know, I just I just make sure that I use my platform in a, po- in a positive way and make sure that I'm always holding myself to a high standard first. And then, you know, everything else is is, is pretty much the things that I can control.
0: Thank you.
2: I'm just going to take two final questions here. We're going to go Mark Daniels and Dan Roach.
0: You hey Um on, on the seven on seven tournaments. Do you remember when that first started and, and what what made you do that? And, and you want to help out those kids? Why?
1: It's because it's simple. You know, I'm not about to sit up here and proclaim I'm the, the most thuggish, ruggish quarterback in this NFL. But you know, a lot of people where I'm from don't don't do not have the opportunities that I have now. So for me to like I said, use my platform, for me to use my, you know, the my reach, so to speak, from the people who are you know, spend advertisement money on me and, and, and things like that. I will want to always give back to the community because there are Jacoby Myers, there are Justin Fields, there are, you know, Deshaun Watson's, you know, there are George Pickens, Bo Nix's, you know, the list goes on. Jaden Hazelwood's, you know, all those are five star, you know, future NFL stars and are NFL stars now. So, you know, they all just need an opportunity and when i i could just remember growing up nobody really did that for me and, you know back in atlanta you know i always had people i wanted to look up to and i did look up to the michael vicks the adam Pac-Man jones you know what i'm saying but at the same time if i wasn't i didn't have the opportunity to go to those camps when they had them or you know it just wasn't in in my area where i stayed so you know, now I just try to make it as, as accessible as possible for me to, you know, get a person who may not have a ride or whatever their circumstances may be, just to give them an opportunity to play the game of football, which I love and I know a lot of people do love. And that may be their way out, you know, of their circumstances. doesn't matter if it's a division one school, doesn't matter if it's a school at all for or junior college. You know, opportunity is an opportunity.
2: And now, uh, last question, Dan Roach.
0: Hi, Cam, just a a thought on what you guys have been able to do with the last several weeks, uh, you know, with the wins, but not only that, but stacking practices together. How important is that and has that been heading into Sunday and to kind of keep the train rolling that you guys have going on right now?
1: I just think it's, it's very important that, you know, we do the small things right, just have just as we have been, you know, just to give psychological confidence because when you see a person make a catch, when you see the proper reads, when you see, you know, a a block being made, it just gives you that mental confidence knowing that when that play is called in a game, a lot Jacoby, you know, Jacoby was throwing, you know, dimes all last week when given the opportunity when that play came up. So it's no mistake to nobody that when you see it in a game, what happened, you know, coach. Coach uh, Bill and, and and even Josh riddles it all the time, you know, practice execution turns into game reality. And, you know, sometimes that's not the necessary case for certain people who have more of a mind approach to the game, quarterbacks or the defensive signal callers or whoever making audibles on the defense. You know, you just have to be sharp uh, pre-snap and post-snap before anything else can get started. So that's been the mentality since day one here. It's been taking guys probably, you know, a while to kind of understand that. And I think more guys now understand how important practice is, not just practicing, but having great practice execution. So everybody has confidence going into the games.
0: And and a quick nickname follow up. Do you ever add a nickname as you go along? And I say that in respect to a guy like Bill, you said after the game Sunday night, that. the Staples Easy Button, Buffalo Wild Wings, the Football Whisperer. Do you add the dollar-dollar bill as you go on, as the season goes on, out of respect to a guy like that?
1: I mean, those weren't nicknames. That was just, you know, that's his reach. You know what I'm saying? When you've been, as he would say, and I don't want to get the number on, don't quote me on this, but he always says, I've been, you know, coaching this game for a long time, 47-plus years. And I me mean, scratch my head, like 47 years, dang. You know, so he got a lot of connections in his Rolodex of numbers. So I won't be surprised if, you know, God or Jesus on one of them, one of them uh, yellow pages he got tucked under his desk. So, you know, I won't be surprised. (laughs) Thank you.
2: Thanks, Cam. Thanks, everyone.